There's only one key to success. You know what that is? You just don't stop. Period. You just don't stop. Relentlessness. Shit. Shit. You just don't stop. We can go, oh, you got to get up early. Oh, you got to eat. Oh, you got this. Or you got to be consistent. No, you just don't stop. Sit. Whatever you're doing. If you feel like you believe in that and you know you want to do something and you want to advance in this, you just don't stop. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Not Genius Podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing week. Today, we got another treat for you guys. We got D. Reed, Derek D. Reed out here in the house. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Man, thank you so it's much. Amazing. For, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. This is awesome. Thank yeah. you for having us at your shop. Hey, welcome to the house. Uh, me tienda. <laughs> yeah. I'm really grateful that Joel connected us to you. Absolutely. A little brother right there, man. That's my little brother. Joel, good guy, man. Shop's doing good, too. Yeah. Shop's doing, looks nice. He's doing good. I'm happy. You know, I'm proud, proud of him. You know, to say I know him and the fact that he went on and, uh, you know, does something great with himself with the shops. That's awesome. You know. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so uh, I know that you do a bunch of different things. We were just talking about it before we got on air. You know, you got a book, you got a construction company, you got, uh, I mean, the barbershop was like your first first business. Yes. Um, do you mind like talking to us about like your origin story yeah. and, you know, what the journey looked like progressing? And you wrote a book on mindset. So yeah. It's like, you know, talk about how important all that stuff is. So we'll too. start there and just lead on up yeah. to that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see where oh, it takes us. Yeah, and it's funny. I grew up in Riverside Projects. A lot of people know that um, that uh, we was around there, um, single family, you know, single um, mother, you know what I mean, um, raising boys and girls. So I had uh, five sisters and three brothers, so four brothers, actually. Uh, so it's a lot of us, nine of us, something like that. Wow. Wow. Um, and uh, we grew up in the same house for a minute, and then you know, as the other siblings get older, they you know move out. Um, but just running around Riverside wasn't a lot to look forward to. I used to go out to the parks and stuff like that, and hang out and all that. Um, but uh, one day I picked up the Clippers, picked mm -hmm. up a pair of Clippers. Um, a friend of mine brought them to me. I, I tell the story all the time. Mm -hmm. Even when I see him, I'm like, "Yo, if it wasn't for you, his name is Robbie Bolden. Um, if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be cutting hair." But he brought the Clippers to me. We started cutting the neighborhood uh, kids' hair. Uh, the thing about that is that I knew they couldn't afford haircuts because, you mm -hmm. know, I, I was one of those kids that couldn't afford a haircut. So we picking up the Clippers and cutting the neighborhood kids and becoming the neighborhood barbers was a good thing to you know help benefit the kids that couldn't afford the haircuts. And also to learn a skill that uh, actually what I found out later that builds character. Like it's nothing like being a barber. It's it's a it's a different type of a career and craft. Um, you get to meet so many walks of life. Um, so again, we, we grew, I grew up cutting uh, kids hair around the neighborhood. Uh, and then eventually I, um, wanted to get out the house, not just wanted to get out the house. My mom wanted me out of the house because I became so popular. You know, there's a lot of kids in the projects, you know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of kids to cut. And after a while, all the kids coming to your house, mom, I know you're doing good. I know you're not out in the streets, but you got too many kids in this house. And I started cutting outside, um, in the kitchen, top of the stairs, bedroom, you know, anywhere in the house until I just, you know, burst out the seams and say, you know what, time for me to go to the to a barbershop. So and here I am in the barbershop, um, becoming the owner, you know. Yeah. Um, I, st I started working at other people's shop, Mr. B's shop, uh, Styles on the Ave. Um, and that was in around 2001, two maybe. Um, didn't open my first shop until 2004. That was like a pretty fast progression of like cutting kids' hair, shop, and then you own your own shop. Yeah. Um, so how did you get to the the point where you had enough, I guess, clientele and people supporting you that you could open your own shop? You know, just like I was saying um, earlier and um, pretty much off camera is that if you're good, 
people will tell somebody. So which makes the word of mouth the most um I could say the most uh the best way to get your word out there if you're good and what you're doing, um, word of mouth. But if you're bad, then they're gonna tell everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good. If you're good, they're gonna tell somebody. If you're bad, they're gonna tell everybody. Um it just happened I wanted to cut hair and I really enjoyed cutting hair. Like I, I even to this day, um on my way, I always say I'm in the fourth quarter on my way out of the uh business because I own other businesses. Uh and you know, it's like being in the fourth quarter, I still feel like I love cutting hair. Uh, and I, and I and I really enjoy it. Uh, it. It's like it's like no other craft, you know. what I mean, so I just remember, um, you know, cutting in the house. And one time, I just realized that I was making money. Mm -hmm. I was in high school, and I felt like, you know what, I can keep doing this. You know what I mean? So it started progressing like that, and to the point where I started working in a shop, and then eventually owning a shop. You know, I mean, when you got one place for a long time under someone else's roof, you know, you had the potential to run a business or own a business or you have that leadership skill, eventually you're going to want your own. And that's what happened. I ended up wanting my own shop and I started working into, um, my first shop was called Sharptown. Um, and I started, you know, delegating people to come, you know, uh, and my clientele just started building. It just started building after that. Um, I went from cutting maybe like five or six years a day to maybe 25 years a day. Whoa. At one time, I was doing 100 hits a week. So 100 hits a week. So 20, That's and I was working four or five days. Um, if I were, and then I narrowed it down to four days, and I was doing 25 to 27 hits a day. So about the time I cut Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, maybe – uh yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's what my days. I was working four days, 25 hits a day, 27 hits. So I was hitting 100. That was my goal, 100 hits a week. And I actually hit that, like, soon. You know, once I decided that's what I was going to do, it turned into that. So I was doing 100 hits a week. Wow. How many hours is that, like, per day? 25. To do 100, to do 100 um, clients a week, uh, you would have to work probably from 7 to at least 6. So mm -hmm. the way I would come in at 7 o'clock, and at one time I was coming at work at 9 o'clock, and then I ran into a, a, a mentor who said, you know, you got to come a little earlier, the early bird. You know, early bird gets the worm and all that stuff. And I realized that what I was charging, that if I just come in a half hour earlier, you, you know, times that by four, and then you times it by what that would look like in a month. I mean, if you do that, if you just come in half an hour earlier charging $25, well, that's an extra $100 right there just because you became a, just because you came to the shop a half an hour Earlier, you know, it came eight o'clock, it was come seven thirty. It's another twenty. I was charging twenty five dollars at the time. That was mm -hmm. years ago. Um, yeah, we, year years ago. So <laughs> it's a long time from that. Um, so if I did that, it would turn into a hundred dollars a week just to come a half an hour early. And if you times that by four weeks, you have four hundred dollars. So I said, we ain't gonna just come a half hour early. We're gonna come much earlier. So I started coming at seven a.m. So to answer your question, from seven to six is how you pretty much can get. 20 something hits. I'm a very fast cutter. Very, and every, I'm known for that. Um, I would book my clients every half an hour, 7, 730, 8, 839, 930, 10, 1030. Once you get to, and I got it down, once you get to like four o'clock, you are hit to like 18 to 20 mark. So from four o'clock to six, you're going to cover the five or six hits. Yeah. So I had it down to a science, you know what I mean? Where I, where I knew I was going to do 25 to 27 hits a day. So that's what I was doing. And I, that's how I easily hit 100 hits. Dang. So he was basically, you were basically keeping your KPIs. Yes. You, know? you just yeah. knew your numbers. I knew my numbers. But. I knew the numbers. And I'm telling you once again, I was coming in, I believe it was nine o'clock. I was coming in nine o'clock and then I started backing up to 8.30 to 8 o'clock to 7.30 to 7 o'clock. Mm -hmm. seven o'clock. And I was seeing the the money, you know what I mean? One, one half an hour would change my 
month. Like if I had a car payment or something like that, I don't have to come a half an hour earlier. And if I had a car payment to pay, pay that, you know, I don't know if people have $400 car payments back then. I'm sure it's the norm now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember doing that and, you know, um, and it worked out, you know, it worked out yeah. for me. And I had a goal to be able to do 100 hits in, in one day. So you're a really confident guy. Like I, I see this charisma in you and you, you, you're really excited about life. Yes. And I just want to know what did it used to be like maybe 30 years ago when you were first getting into the whole barber space or entrepreneur space and you were just trying to find yourself? Like who were you before and what was kind of the pivotal, pivotal moments that helped shape you to who you are today? Um, I've always been outgoing, um, extrovert. You know what I mean? Um, People always like you. You're popular. Mr. Popular. I'll try huh? to be. You know what I mean? Try to be Mr. Popular. <laughs> um, I I was blessed with a lot of talents and a lot of gifts. Um, one of the gifts was leadership. You know what I mean? I like to lead and take the responsibility of things because, you know, part of that is like I want to uh, – things right. I'm not, I'm not a narcissist. I, I'm base. I guess we all got the yeah, base yeah, yeah, narcissist. Yeah. I don't think you've ever heard you say that. Um, but I'm not that. Um, but I do like leadership and I like to – um, I would like things to run correctly. Um, when I was young, um, I liked to be the leader of the class. You know, um, mm-hmm. was I a big scholar? No, but I was very intelligent in school. Um, I just wouldn't apply myself like I really could. I wouldn't apply myself to my potential because, you know, I, I like to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. I like to have fun. I like to enjoy life, like you said. I'm always upbeat. Um, and I'm sure life got a lot of seriousness about it. It's just that I try to look at the lighter side, you know, or, you know, um, respect people. Even if I didn't agree with a lifestyle or, or the way they do things or whatever, I, I respect people. Um, I have a deep love for people in humanity, a real deep um, love where I'm willing to help out, you know, um, I had struggled, you know, growing up in the project. So I know what it feels like to struggle. And I was saying this earlier where I used to talk about how bad we used to have it in the projects, but I actually took a trip to Africa. So mm. when I went to Africa and I got to see what real struggle looked like, you know what I mean? So now I don't talk about as much. Oh, we had a good, we, we had Christmas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Christmas <laughs> did show up sometimes um, and little things like that. But I always had a, a zest for life uh, and people and success. Uh, even though I didn't have a lot, a lot of role models growing up, I had a lot of role models on what not to do. Like I would see people older than me and doing some things or getting locked up and all that. I'm like, they supposed to be role models, lead me into the right direction. But they were the role models where I was like, nah, I'm going to go the opposite way. But at least I did see it to know right from wrong. Um, but again, a zest for life. And I always wanted to win. I always knew that I could win. You know, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to have my own business to be able to call my own shots. Yeah. Um, even now, I don't... Uh, me having a boss or uh, I don't even know what that feel like. I never had a job in my life. Never. Unemployable. Unemployable. I, I'm not <laughs> that guy. You know what I mean? Um, where I have to say, hey, I want to uh, want to know, can I get these days off? Uh, can I get this vacation? Um, and I, older, older I get, I watch these yeah. systems. You know what I mean? And when I come to work, in the, uh, when I come to the shop, you know, even in the morning, and I can make my own time, come whenever I want to, I did treat it like a job where I would be on time. You know what I mean? I'm a very timely person, punctual, very punctual. Um, and, you know, coming to work and just seeing the system and all these cars, you know, on a highway, traffic jams in the morning, and we all doing the same thing. We're going to a, some, they all going to a job and, and they're all trying to get money. And I know life has to be more than that. It has to be more than that. Um, or going to a boss and saying, hey, can I get this vacation time? Oh, I want to take my kids or, oh, I can't answer the phone right now and somebody could be calling. Like, I never want to be a part of that. You know, I want to go on a vacation when 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 the hell I want to. You know, 
I want to do things. I want to call my own shots. Yeah. So that's why I became a, a a boss or owner or you know just having the spirit of entrepreneurship that's already embedded in me. It wasn't nothing I could do about that, Jay. Honestly, Jay, I just it wasn't nothing I can do about it. I, I was already an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. and I knew I couldn't work for nobody. Mm -hmm. I just knew it. So I'm really curious. So you said that you don't like the like systems and asking your boss, "Oh, can I do this? Can I do that?" So how do you knowing that you don't like that and you have all these people working underneath you? Do you try and stray away from a relationship like the other ones or have you found that it's better to just create a system like that because I guess certain people prefer that? Mm, that's a great question. And the way I look at it, for instance, um, there is a time in a phase that we all go through where we may have to have a job or we have, I get that, you know what I mean? But after a while, you have to be working towards, you know, ownership. You know what I mean? Whether it's owning your business or owning a house to be able to call your own shots and not worry about a landlord. Like it's always mm -hmm. um, phases and stages. Even when I have barbers, even now, I probably spun off the most barbershop owners than anybody in the state of Delaware. Like when they you know why, because when they come here, I preach ownership to them. Yeah. I was just like you said, I don't like the system of the employer and employee. And I don't mm. like that system. It's like, it's too much control. I'm not that guy, you know, to be under some type of control. And since I am like that, I don't, I'm, I don't become a hypocrite in advising the workers that's under me to have their own. You know what I'm saying? So I'd encourage them to become entrepreneurs. So, and I'll teach them in certain things in my shop and say, hey, you're going to have your shop one day. And you don't, and I'm telling you, when you have your shop one day, you're going to have to deal with this, or this is how not to do it. So I'm always preaching entrepreneurship, even to my employees, because it's a phase. You know what I mean? Do you graduate? And do you graduate? You know, now some people are, are going to be workers all their life. You know what I mean? Whether they program that way or they just, that's who they are. And everybody's not an entrepreneur. And I get it. And that's okay. Because some people are born to be workers in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got, even in the animal community, you got worker bees, yeah. right? So that's how it is. And and I respect it. It's just not for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. From my understanding, it sounds like you're you're big on leadership and you're a big leader that builds other leaders. Yes. And you're not here to set limitations or glass ceilings on other people uh, around you. You're yeah. helping them build their dreams. Right. Yes. I go to people individually and ask them, do they ever want to, even want the shop? Do you want to own your own shop? You want the construction company? Um, do you want to be able to sub? Do you want to learn how to do that? Or I'm always an open book, you know, and that's a segue to the book. We'll get to the books. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I'm always an open book um, to teach and to educate because if I don't like control, you know, I mean, I'm saying it's always a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But if I don't like it, I don't want to impose that on anyone else if they don't want to do that. If they want to learn how to be an entrepreneur, if they want to learn how to grow and have their own, I'm an open book for that. And I'm known for that. You know, if anyone has anything or a concern about business or a question about business, people will say, oh, actually, Reed, he's going to tell you. Oh, why don't you ask D? He's right there with you. He's going to let you know. You know, so yeah. I don't hold nobody. I don't feel like I can control yeah. nobody or hold nobody. Um, even the people that's under me now, I just look at them as individual bosses, you know. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, I feel like I could really relate to that because even within my own organization, I'm here to empower other people in the roles that they're in. And it's like I could be trying to do their job, but I would not be doing it the capacity that they would be doing it at if they were just solely focused on that one department. That's you know? right. Yeah, and I know Josh right here, he works with me doing the marketing inside our organization. It's just like he's very patient and he invests a lot of time into uh, growing 
in his craft and being better at it, like starting from zero, like having absolutely no experience into, you know, being pretty, pretty experienced and dialed in and learning new things every single day. I love to see the growth yes. in other people. When you give them the opportunity and allow yeah. them to make like make mistakes, fail forward yes. and learn that for themselves, learn that for themselves and then provide like a coaching opportunity to move them, guide them forward so that they can bounce back quicker, you know. The sooner that you could bounce back, the sooner you can go take your shots again. You yeah. Know? So uh, I agree. I feel like we're really aligning on that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's important. And it always comes back to you, um, Jay, actually, um, when you educate people and give them that freedom, that elbow room to say, no, I want to see, because I want to see who people is. You know what I mean? I want to see who you are. You know what I mean? I want to see your potential. And more importantly, I want you to see it. I want you to see how far you really can go. Um, I tell people all the time, you got people that think outside the box and you got people that think inside the box. But then you got people like me. There is no box. Hmm. And that's how I operate. You know what I mean? Limitless. There is no box. And the moment that you realize that the freedom takes place, the enlightenment takes place, and you're like, there is no box. What that means, anything's possible. You can be anything you want. You can actually be anything you want. You can do anything you want. But you're going to have to make up your mind that that's what you want. And you got to not only believe it, you just got to know it. It's way more important to know it than just to believe in it. So, So what are you working towards now? Right now, I'm working through retirement. <laughs> really? So, no, well, part of the barbershop. You okay. know what I mean? Um, I'll probably be announcing that really soon. Uh, and uh, I love barbering. I'm a barber. I'm a barber instructor. I've been the president of the board of cosmetology and barbering for seven years. Um, changed laws, changed rules. Um, better the craft, you know, with leadership. Always um, had a, a dope shop. You know what I mean? Something that people can come in. Wow, this is a nice shop. You know, I always wanted that. Um, right now I want more freedom to write more. Uh, I'm working on another book. Um, uh, mindset go was my first book. So I'm working on another book now. I won't release the title now. Uh, but I'm working on another book. It's a little different from mindset go. Uh, I want freedom again. Everything's about me. Everything about me is about a quality of life and freedom mm -hmm. and freedom. You just can't put a price on it. You know, uh, I love cutting hair. Like I said, and, and being a barber and all those things, I just done it enough. That's mm -hmm. all. I just, it's cool. You know, maybe I still cut on the side. I'll probably put an organization together, just a, a VIP group group together. That's what they're begging me to do. $100 a haircut. Um, <laughs> but uh, they are, they, they're begging me to put a group together, and that's their idea. So I may do that, but for the most part, part I want to be able to run my other companies, um, the construction company, uh, the gym, um, the transportation company. I just kind of want to be able to be able to think those business out, you know, and just be the mind behind them. Uh, I want to write more, travel more, um, invest more in real estate. Um, I got into construction um, like overnight, you know, but I actually fell in love with renovation, going in and see a project. And it's like, it's almost like watching a haircut, someone coming here with a, uh, uh, that need a haircut real bad, but I can envision and see how it's going to look when it's done. Um, I got that same uh, vision when it comes down to construction. I can go into a room and they say, oh, I would like this room here. I want to finish basement. I see it already. So um, I like that. So, and it doesn't require me to do any work, but to think. So yeah. um, Josh, I'm getting paid to, th Josh, I'm getting paid to think. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So one of the big things that you know, I'm thinking about right now, because uh, uh, my partner, Kenny, uh, I, I brought up Kenny before to you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He comes from a black community as sure. well, being raised around um, other black folks. And he told me the struggle of how um, he, you know, sometimes when you go up, 
like so high people want to drag you down yes. and, or they want to use your name leverage you for your success yes. and they can try to make something for themselves but then like you know you they haven't really proved themselves quite yeah. yet like could you share a little bit about your experience and like um what's it been like being on the come up and have you ever had like uh, negativity come yeah. from the outside that yeah. tries to stun your growth and like how do you uh deal with those relationships that uh, you may grow out of and, um you know? you know when you're successful or you come from the bottom and work your way up to the top he is a hundred percent right you're gonna run into different types of people um people that got different motives mm -hmm. you know what i mean um i put people in categories you know what i mean and what i mean by that um i got i think i yeah. talked to you one time jesse about analogy i have about a boxer you know, he comes down to the ring when he's called out and the lights come on, boom, and he's coming down the aisle, getting ready to go to the ring. And all those people around him, most of the people he probably takes care of. Then you got some haters and you got some people that's taking pictures to say, hey, I'm with this guy, using his name for clout. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're not really there for that boxer who's going into the ring. They're not there for him. They're there for themselves. And you got to recognize that you're going to have those circle people. And those are circle people that's going to be in the circle. And don't get me wrong. I think you need to circle people. But the most important people that that boxer need is the people that's going to be in his corner. And those are the corner people. See, you notice that when he gets closer to the ring, everybody's around him. But when he goes up those steps and step in, those circle people can't come into the ring. Mm -hmm. Because there's only for two people left in the ring. And those people are all for him. And that's his cut man and his trainer. That's his corner. So you got corner people and you got circle people. Well, you got to recognize the difference between them two. Circle people, a lot of times, a lot of times are for themselves or for your name or to bring you down. So you do something wrong. They the one who's going to the, tell everybody in the Instagram or, or on the low that, you know, he did this or I know this. Because they're close to you. So they know everything about you. And it's just a circle. So it's my circle. But be careful your circle because they are good to have, you know, you know to build you up some time or whatever. But it's your corner people are the ones that's there for you. The yeah. trainer, the one who's get you in the corner and make sure no one sees you and talks to you one on one. And when you go out here in life and you get hit or you make some bad falls, the circle people are gonna tell everybody, not the cut man. He's in the ring with you. He's gonna make sure he clean you up. He's gonna clean you yeah. up, put the Vaseline on there, say, "Don't you? You're all right. You're all right." Now go back out there and fight. See, they for you. So you gotta understand who's for you. The circle people are good, but a lot of times they're not for you. But it's the corner people that's for you, and you need your corner because the corner is necessary. So that's how I separate it. You know, I, oh, this is a circle person, or is it a corner person? You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to see what kind of person they are. You know what I mean? Because your corner is going to help you better yourself, going to show you where the where you're doing wrong at, and tell you about yourself. And then when you all get out here and get hit a couple of times in life, because life is going to hit you, your cut man, who's your cut man? It's going to clean you up. Say, all right, we ain't gonna tell nobody. We're gonna make sure we good. Don't worry, we got you, and clean you up. You know, so. Your circle people is all right, but your mm -hmm. corner people is necessary. So, yeah. yeah. And I had to do that. I had to make sure they know. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's how I separate. But Kenny's right. You're going to have those people try to bring you down. But Kenny, those are, corner, those are circle people. Let them do what they do. I ain't saying get rid of them. You need them. Mm -hmm. You need them. It's okay. We like, might get in a picture with them sometime. Hey. Yeah, you need the promotion. Hey, I need that. <laughs> hey, what's up? I know you're here. I know yeah. you want to borrow a couple of dollars. I know I'm taking care of you. Nobody knows. And as soon as I mess up, you can go tell everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I got these corner people. And there's only a couple of them. And that's the corner. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at Josh like that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, how do, you, how do you know who are your corner people? They say blood makes us related and loyalty makes us family. 
Um, your corner people are the people who, again, looks out for you, for your better interests. You know what I mean? They, they train you. They said, nah, I'm here for you. That's how you know, because they're there for you. They're not there for no other motive and just to tell people I know you. You know, people use my name and say, oh, I know D-Reed. They really don't know me. You know what I mean? They say <laughs> that, I know. You know, you just want to get into this place. So you want to, you know, get into the cloud, the cloud chasing in a sense. You know what I mean? And um, and I'm very known, you know. So the, the, the um, corner people don't care about that. Like, I got people that's in my corner that don't care about my name. They care about my well-being. Am I healthy? You know what I mean? Am I, I'm out here getting a good reputation. Um, if they hear something, they're going to come tell me about it and say, hey, straighten that out. You know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. fix that, you know? Um, and if I make a mistake, I can go to them and they won't tell everybody. Say, man, I got to share something with you, man. I kind of dropped the ball on this. Tell it to your circle people. Everybody going to know you dropped the ball on that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it's the corner people say, no, nah, tell me. We're going to keep it right here. Um, yeah. You got your trainer and your cut, man. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. I always look at it because I'm a fighter. In life, you got to be a fighter. Rather you know it or not, life is the ring. And you're going to get out here and get out here and you're going to take some hits. And you better be prepared because you're going to have to train. You have mm -hmm. to train for life. And then when you're coming down the aisle, you get in that ring, you're ready to fight. And you ain't going to win every fight. It's just like a fighter. Yeah. You got to train. And this is how life is. You're going to have to train. If you don't fail to train, you're going to get knocked out. Yeah. And it's all right to get knocked out sometime. But are you going to be able to get back up? Because getting back up is part of the fight too. You know? Yeah. That's how I look at life. Yeah. I heard like something similar along the lines where, hey, you look at the, the day that you're dead and you and at, you're at your funeral and who's going to be there? Look around all around you. Who's actually going to be there? Who's actually going to be crying and sad because right. you're gone? And it's like, wow, he made a really big impact in my life. Right. It's just like if you ask yourself these questions from a third point or third person point of view, mm -hmm. you're able to then kind of see your life kind of like the, the ghost of Christmas past, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, yeah. you're just floating around your own life. And it's like, wow, these people, like I, I take them for granted. Yeah. Or it's just like, or these are actually my real corner people. Yes. You know? And you want a good corner people and they're the one that matter. They're necessary. You got to mm -hmm. have them. You know what I mean? I'm sure y'all guys are like corner fellas or corner brothers where they, um, you know, where y'all can depend on each other. You know what I mean? Y'all yeah. can speak on, you know, you know, speak to each other about anything, you know, and y'all know it stays right here. There's only certain people that you can do that way. You know, again, the crowd comes down, the entourage, that's the circle. That's how you know the entourage. But when you get in that ring, it's only two people. And that mm -hmm. just, and that and don't have to be two. It could be three. It could be one, whatever it is. Which, but with the point I'm trying to make is, it's definitely going to be a smaller number when it comes out to the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, and I just hope that what I've done on earth is very productive and impactful in someone's life. Like you said, that when the day comes when I'm going, that they all say, you know what, he done this thing. You know what I mean? He, mm -hmm. he helped me out. Or, and I want to be known for that. I want to be known for a person that's been productive, been creative, and to impact someone's life. I have a love for him. Again, I said it again, I, I have a love for humanity and for people to be successful. Um, I think we get caught up in a lot of things in this world where it, um, distract us it's distract mm -hmm. us from being who we are you know what i mean we all are great um we live in a world where anything can happen to anyone at any time which helps me realize that yeah we're all are important but no one's special you know and that's how i feel you know yeah so i know you have four kids you brought that up and they're all grown they're all older children Yes. Nowadays. Yes. Kind of want to transition to the whole conversation of like fatherhood. Fatherhood or <laughs> parenting is just like it sounds like your kids uh I don't know them personally. Right. And but it sounds like you spent 
you invested a lot of time into yeah. their development and um you know their right. well-being so that they would have they would turn to healthy adults right like what kind of investment did you make whether that was time or mm -hmm. money like um what did that look like for you out of all the hats i wear um all the hats i wear you need a barber uh, owner of a trucking company transportation company um a gym uh being an author being a playwright um being a speaker uh, motivational speaker, um, president of a board, mm -hmm. um, just all the things that I have done. The best hat that I ever wore or wearing now still <laughs> mm -hmm. is fatherhood. Fatherhood has to be the top notch. The that's the goal. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. Gold, um, crown jewel is my kids um, and being successful kids that they are. You know, what I mean, I got two kids that are entrepreneurs. Two that's a working, you know what I mean? But easy could be an entrepreneur, easy, you know what I mean? So I have three daughters and one son. Very proud of them. Um, two of them live in Florida, Orlando. You know, they want to be close to Mickey, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm happy with it. I go to Disney World like every month. <laughs> that's what it seems like. Um, but uh, I'm proud to be able to be a father. My father was close to me. Um, and I... Um, he wasn't always there when I was young, you know what I mean? And it had nothing to do with us. His mom and dad didn't work out, you know, mm -hmm. but he was a good guy. He was a good guy. And, um, he did the best he could, you know, my mom did the best she could. Um, but being though he wasn't there at the time, so he wasn't there. We missed a couple holidays or Christmas or family gatherings when it comes to Thanksgiving, everybody wasn't at the table. You know what I mean? However, what it done for me, life is always gonna have a contrast, right? It made me be that way. You know, I ain't missing no Christmas. I'm not missing no birthdays. Uh, mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, we're going to sit around the table. You know what I mean? I've done all those things consistently all my children's life. Um, my daughter's 32. I said she had 32 great Christmases. Like 32. <laughs> great. She never missed a Christmas. So she's the top. She's the, the most, um, she has the most Christmases, um, but great ones. Um, I can't say I had 32 great Christmases. I can't even say I had 10. Um, but fatherhood has been this is a, a, truly a blessing to me to be able to raise my kids until they're grown. All my kids are grown now. My youngest is 23, 23. So, wow, this is amazing to me. Um, and just having children and, and knowing the importance of fatherhood. Like today, we need the fathers in the homes. We need that male figure. You know, right now there's a lot of single moms out here trying to do the best they can. You know what I mean? We're raising a son and a daughter. And I can't imagine how challenging that can be in today's world. I'm sure it's very challenging. Uh, but you need that fatherhood. You know, even when, again, going back, everything I tell you is going to go back to the barbershop some type of way. Uh, being a barber all really helped me be a father figure, a uncle, a brother. You know what I mean? It helps me be that to a lot of young people that didn't have that. Yeah. And again, it's more than it was just me, more than just me being behind a, behind a chair, cutting hair. It's about me contributing and being a part of like, I step up. You know, I'm, I'm your uncle. I'm uncle D or, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Daddy, don't matter me, call me whatever you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I just know that I'm that icon or that figure or that yeah. um, one that you can look up to and say, nah, that's, that's big bro. And to, to this day. Um, so to have my own children and to play that role. It's just incredible, Jay, like incredible to be able to be a father and father my children all the way up to be able to leave the nest. And right now I'm empty nester because all I'm going. So <laughs> I'm free. Uh, but I do like the freedom, you know what I mean? But still, it never ends. You know what I mean? My daughter still called me. I still call them and say, hey, you need something or whatever. And we're good.
you know, but fatherhood it has to be the best hat I ever wear. Ever, all, all, I mean, any, any, any hat out of all the hats, that's the number one. How did you balance your time with building all these different things and then making it to all those Christmases? Mm. Uh, prioritize. You know what I mean? What's, what's priority? You can't get caught up in business and, and not realize that um, there's things that are more important than money and business. And, and, it's, and it's hard to, you know, to separate that because you need money to take care of people. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, you know, people, uh, money, I get it. I get it. But there is such thing as time. Um, and development and, and, and things that you need to do at the house because it's things that kids need. You know, they need a father around. They need someone to teach, you know what I mean, to guide them. Um, I always prioritize to put things in priority where, okay, you know, I own this business, but I don't want to be a weekend dad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And my brother just pulling up too. Because <laughs> so I don't want to be a weekend dad. I want to be a dad that you that's there. You know, I never mm -hmm. wanted to be that person. that Again, it goes back to the system. Eight in the morning, get off four or five o'clock, go to sleep. You know, take a shower and then go to bed. And then you do that all week. I just, it had never been me. You know what I mean? So I don't want to be a um, a weekend dad. And I didn't want to, no one don't want to be a weekend pop-up either. You know? So I make sure I make time. You know what I mean? And a lot of times we do what we want to do. You make time for things that matter. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And my kids matter to me. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, we went on the trips or I make sure that, you know, hey, I'm calling you and all that. You know, it's not easy. Josh, it's not. It's not easy at all. But you have to do it. You know, we make time for what we want to make time for. Um, did having your dad growing up separate you from the other kids in the projects in terms of the direction in which they went down versus the direction in which you went down? Or having my dad or not having my dad. But Because um, I didn't have him growing up. Like, I think my my dad and my mom got divorced when I was five. So mm -hmm. five, six, seven, eight. Nine, mm -hmm. my, by the time I got to five, and my dad was an entrepreneur too. It's funny. He owned a construction company. You know what I mean? Never really taught me about that. I do yeah. remember riding in the truck with him a couple of times. Um, but um, we've been right in the projects because we had a single mom and, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, uh, I mean, having a single mom with a father not there is a, uh, it's just on just the norm yeah. in the projects, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, me and my dad, was, we just got cool by the time I got into my teenage years and all oh, that. And okay. kind of like, because he got married again. Um, but he was a good guy. I yeah. mean, always a good guy. You know? so, so who are your male role models growing up? Oh, uh, again, um, I, I, I try to, you know what? I, I watch people on TV. I watch TV. I watch um uh, to different strokes and, and, and people that got rich people. You know what I mean? I used mm -hmm. to watch rich people on TV, people that got money. So growing up around my way, I guess every now and then you'll have people that play basketball in high school, became real popular. Um, I didn't have a lot of role models that I could say I looked up to. I, you know, just again, people that what not to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not doing that, you know, because you see a lot of people going, going to jail on the corner, selling drugs and all that stuff. I didn't, you know, I saw that. I didn't want that. I didn't, I just thought it was more important to care about people. You know, I don't okay. want to be selling people drugs. I could have sold drugs. I could have sold drugs like yesterday, like, you know what I mean? That, that quick when I was young. Um, but I didn't want to. I did, mm -hmm. I'd see what it was doing to people, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, that goes back to my care and love for humanity. I didn't want to do that. And, yeah. and me having money was not as important as me seeing you being healthy and living your life free, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because one of my big thoughts was like, mm -hmm. um, the obsession of what society feeds into our mind of what is true success versus what our own personal definitions of success are. And it sounds to me like, oh, you're a family man. You really care about the people whom are your corner people. Right. right? And uh, that seems to be more of your purpose or your reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I think the family um, is everything. I think that's the cure, core. Yeah. You know what I mean? To yeah. help, you know, because whatever's out in the streets, whether negative or positive, it started at a household. And it's always, uh, sorry what they hit the mic. And it's always about what's being produced in, inside that yeah. home, you know? So how did you define your own terms of what success is, mm. you know? Mm. I think, uh, you know, it's funny. I was young one time. You know, you might have a bunch of books and stuff like that in the house. Sure. It was a book, and I don't even know who the author is. And it says succeeding on your su succeeding on your own terms. And the guy wrote it. I don't even know who it was. I can't. I just kind of vaguely remember the cover. And I remember reading that. I didn't read the whole book, but I remember reading the cover, and it stuck with me. It's amazing being a kid and you see something that stuck with you all mm. your life. And it says succeeding on your own terms. And my pattern has been that. You know, trying to succeed on my own terms, not looking for help, not waiting for someone to to free me. You know what I mean? Not. Um, you know, just 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 not dependent on anyone. You know what I mean? Having options. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They say a man with no options is a slave to his circumstances. So I always want options. Um, one of my sayings is actually up on that wall. Most people say when things get right, I make a move. But the reality is things get right when you make a move. I had to learn that. And it's the truth. Because we all, oh, how you, well, as soon as I get this or as soon as this get right, then I'm going, no, no. If that got right, then you probably wouldn't make a move. You know what I mean? You have to jump out here, honestly, without a net. You have to leave. There's no way around it. You have to, it, it reacts to your movement and it's not the movement and then you react. Mm -hmm. Things act accordingly to how you move. So you're sitting there waiting for something to happen or to get right and it's never going to happen. So you're going to have to take the step so the universe can come into agreement with what you're doing and make things happen for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's how it is because I think everything is happening is, is, is for your benefit. You know, the ups and downs, I don't even know what negative is or positive is. It's just, you know, you may say it's negative, but it may push you to do something positive. You mm. know what I mean? Heaven forbid we got to take a COVID test. We don't want to hear him say positive. What we want to hear him say? Negative. You know what I mean? So you, you don't know what's negative or positive. It's, it's negative. It's positive to receive a negative report yeah. for a COVID <laughs> test, right? So what is negative and positive? So we say that, and I know y'all probably never thought about that, but who knows the right and wrong? You know what I mean? Oh, man, this happened to me. Well, yeah, but it caused you to do this. It caused you to grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was it really negative? And you needed that, right? Mm -hmm. So um I think with me seeing on my own terms is like I just want to be free and do and call my own shots. You know, I want to be responsible for my success. And really, yeah. honestly, Josh and Jess, just there's only one key to success. You know what that is? You just don't stop. Period. You just don't stop. Relentlessness. Sit. You just don't stop. We can go, oh, you got to get up early. Oh, you got to eat. Oh, you got to do this. Or you got to be consistent. No, you just don't stop. Sit. Whatever you're doing. If you feel like you believe in that and you know you want to do something and you want to advance in this, you just don't stop. That's it. No, no matter what it looks like, the negative, the positive, we'll take it all. We need both of them. We need them. You just don't stop. And that's one thing I did. I just didn't stop. And I keep going, I keep going, I keep going. I'm like the Energizer battery, you know what I mean? From here, I'm going to a work site. To here, I'm going here. I'm, my transportation to come. Somebody's calling me, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Um, but I'm going to keep going. I don't want to suck up all your time. I know people are trying to get work done. Um, but yeah, I just yeah. have one last question for sure. me at least. What is some advice that you would give your kids um, on for advice for them raising their own kids? Mm. I think uh, when, when it comes down to raising kids, um, if you've got multiple kids, er, er, you love them all, but you do love them all in a different way. You know what I mean? Because patience is different with some of them. 
tolerance is different with some of them. Mm -hmm. Emotions are different with some of them. You know what I mean? So it is different. Um, but you want to be able to give them space to really communicate with you. Be open with your kids, you know, as much as you can. Um, but communication and understanding. You got to be able to understand. You know what I mean? I think kids more so than anything want you to understand them. You what know does what that I mean? mean, understand? Like, sometimes they think that we don't understand. You know what I mean? And they want that uh, that arena to be able to speak their mind, to mm -hmm. be able to say things and not get ridiculed for it. Or, oh, no, you. I grew up in an era, you can say nothing to grown people. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So nowadays, people are more um, vocal. And, you know, a lot of kids are not that vocal. But you want to be able to give them room and give them the floor to talk. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to criticize you. And I'm not here to punish you. I just need to hear what you're saying so I can understand and then give you some enlightenment on what you're saying because of course when you're older you got more wisdom you know more knowledge and I can help them and also give them options you know so those things to the communication I think it boils down to communication you got to really be able to communicate and it's not just one person talking down to someone or telling you this no no I want to hear why do you feel that way and why do you think that way and you know what I mean and then also let them know that what that can do going forward you know, that thinking can lead you here, you know what I mean? Or that thing. So, um, and also let them know sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. You can do what you want to do. You can make up in your mind to do and be what you want. That's one thing I didn't know when I was younger. You know what I mean? That oh, I actually could be anything I want to be. You know what I mean? And just go for it. Again, you don't stop. You want to be a doctor? You just don't stop. You want to be a, a, in a career of uh, cutting hair or whatever? You pick it up and just don't st stop. And um, I think that we can't let our age get involved either because well, we're too young to no you're never too young the, the, the sooner the better i mean my, my grandson that wants to be a brain surgeon well start reading books now he's 11 you know what i mean wow. start, start reading right now you know what i mean because you never know you know it's going to help him anything he invests in like that it's going to return you know um and some kid might feel like oh he's reading you know you'll be outcast for a minute you know what i mean but it's going to pay off you know but the communication you know what i mean let them know there's no limit you know what i mean let them know that um you can be whatever you want to be you can, and and it's so true. You can do and be what you want to be. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't just you know be a bird and fly off, but you can get a plane and be <laughs> yeah. a pilot. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. um, and that's just within reason. You know, um, but yeah, uh, the communication. Let them have the floor. Let them talk, and then guide them. That's yeah. what I would say. Let, let if I was talking to my daughter and talking to her son, let him talk. Let's hear what he got to say, and then you guide him, and said, so let me guide you. Let me give you some perspective. Let me only because I'm older and I'm wiser and I've been through a lot more, you know. So when did you start implementing that for your own relationship with your own kids? And Early. How, and like how did that change from what it may have used to be versus when you were just straight up communicating with them? Well, now they're grown and mm -hmm. they've been through the phase where they're making mistakes and stuff like that, and they'll come back and say, Wow, dad was right. You told me about that. You know what I mean? Because I give them the floor to talk and say, mm -hmm. okay, well. And then sometimes it didn't go the way I wanted to go and they wanted to do their own thing. Okay, fine. Do your own thing. I'll see you later. <laughs> and I end up seeing them later. You know what I mean? And not because I'm calling them, checking them, hey, how'd that go for you? No, they'll call me and say, well, dad, you was right. But I said, it's fine because you had to learn. Yeah. That's cool. So how you feel now? Well, I feel better. I'm glad, you know, at least I at least had the heads up on it, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, right now it's a different conversation. My kids are grown and, and successful business owners or, or, or workers still, you know what I mean? So we have great conversations now. They understand. Understanding is everything. So we under yeah. understand. Yeah. And what are you like most excited about for this year? This is like one of the things that, you know, I want, you have so many things going on at once. Like, 
you know, I turned top, 50 this year, Jess. Yeah. Top, <laughs> top three, top three things for 2023 that you have. We still got two quarters. Yeah. We still got this quarter and then two more full quarters left to accomplish. Okay. I turned 50 in June. So that's number one. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a great thing that I'm looking forward to having a 50th birthday party. It's just an accomplishment. And, you know, again, you know, a lot of people don't make it to 50, you know what I mean? And, and we still got some time left. So Lord's will, I'll be here June 24th and celebrate my birthday. Um, that's the one. Uh, number two, I'm remodeling my shop. So I'm going to remodel my shop. You know, hopefully I'll be retiring this year, but I'll also retire with a shop that looks really good. Um, uh, and then number three, um, finish my book. I want to finish my book this year. Yeah. D, if people can reach out to you, get in contact with you, or how could people possibly help you in your mission going forward? Like, what are you, what are you possibly looking for? Hey, just support the business. If you need some stuff done with the construction, call me up. Um, if you need um, the barbershop, come see um, his image. Um, I'm on Instagram, Limitless underscore read, Limitless read. Um, come check me out and Derek D. Reed on Facebook. Um, and then you go to DerekDReed.com. Know more about me and things I've done and stuff like that. Um, it's just an awesome thing. And I'm glad you guys had me on here. This is a beautiful conversation. Dude, thank you so um, much Most healthy us. conversation I had in thank a long you. time. Healthy conversation. Um, but I really appreciate it. And we got to do it again. And maybe I could bring y'all on my podcast, Cuts, Convo, and Coffee. That'd be cool. That'd, That'd be, be cool. cool. I would definitely Cuts, do that. Cuts, Convos, and Coffee. Yeah, I'll Go bring y'all on. It. Where, where, where is that podcast? Oh, right now, we're on, well, we're doing on Facebook Live on the social medias and stuff. But however, we're going to transition to YouTube. So it'll be on YouTube shortly on Cuts, Convo, and Coffee page. Mm. Yeah, and the pages are, we already have the page. So yeah. Okay. Um, also, you can catch it right now. We got about 20 shows on podcasts on iPhone. Okay. So podcast and, um, yeah, I think podcast and the other one. Are you on Spotify? Spotify. Spotify. Okay. So Spotify. Awesome. So Cuscon on Coffee, Spotify, and uh, podcast on iPhone. And then where can they find your book at? Uh, Amazon. Right on Amazon. Go to Amazon.com. My book is called Mindset Go. It's on audio, uh, Kindle, and it's on paperback. So check it out. Mindset Go. You're bigger than you know. I love that book. I love that book. So, so enlightening. It changed my life. Wrapping up the show, I'm really, really grateful that we got D. Reed in this morning, and he, he spilled a lot of knowledge a lot of mindset stuff, a lot of positivity. I hope you guys are able to implement a lot of this stuff going into your week and um, hitting the ground hard. Keep on going. That's what he's saying. Stay consistent. Stay persistent. Be relentless in your guys' Don't stop. Goals. Don't stop. Don't Hit the stop. gas even harder. That's right. All right, let's push it, baby. All right, this has been the Nigenius Podcast signing off. Peace out.